look like Easter people to me. That was a phrase I heard a gifted preacher, uh, Pastor David Holm, who was uh, the preacher in a congregation where I kind of came up into the Lutheran church. And we will talk today, and we will experience today what it means to be Easter people. There are celebrations to be had. Uh, Ingo, we will be celebrating your special birthday today and remembering you in our prayers of the church. And we also have a baptism today with Dorothy. Uh, many of you have gotten to know Dorothy, that she has been part of our worshiping congregation and has been uh, very much a part of things during Lent and Holy Week especially. And she and Diane are longtime friends, and it is just a delight that Diane will be sponsoring Dorothy as she's baptized today. And joining Dorothy today, husband Bill, and we're delighted you're here, made the long trek. <laughs> it's a long drive, so thank you for, for being with us. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 21st chapter. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of Jesus' disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, well, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and he jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, and they were not far off from the land, only about a hundred yards off. And when they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. And so Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to the disciples, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. 
Now, this was the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to Peter again, feed my lambs. A second time, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter felt hurt because Jesus had said to him the third time, do you love me? And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death that Peter would have so that he would glorify God. After this, Jesus said to him, follow me, the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, the creator, from the risen Christ, and the spirit who draws us together and unites us for God's loving purposes in the world. As the gospel was being read, I couldn't help but to wonder what was going through your minds and what you were associating and wondering about. Did the 153 fish figure in for anybody? It did, didn't it? It's like, well, why 153, not 112? It turns out that the number is not highly symbolic, as you might think. But it does associate God's extravagant abundance and you can't help but to think about all of that wine, which also was quantified, remember, at the wedding when the wine ran out and Jesus took water and turned it to wine and John put numbers to that to remind us of the abundance of God's love? So that's where we are with the fish. And then you start thinking, oh, right. Many of these people, they fished for a living. That's where Jesus first met them. And that's where Jesus began to form a community and say, not only would you be able to fish, but you'll be able to draw people in like you're fishing. So, Jesus feeds them breakfast. And this time around, as I read, it struck me. He takes bread. 
He takes fish. And you think about the way that Jesus fed the crowds out of abundance. Now, I have to confess that my brain leaped a little farther and outside of John's gospel. You see, there's no description in John's gospel about a Last Supper where Jesus enacts what we do as Holy Communion. But we have four gospels. (laughs) So we can't help but to have our minds go there, can we? As Jesus takes fish, as he takes bread, as he shares. It's also true that John mentions only twice a charcoal fire, the one that Jesus is standing by as fish is being prepared. Some of you might remember from Good Friday, that charcoal fire where Simon Peter stood, and three times in John's Gospel he says, I am not a follower of Jesus. And maybe that memory makes us cringe. And so when Jesus begins to speak with Peter and asks three times, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Doesn't that feel like a reprise of the times that people would say, well, are you a follower of Jesus? This time, Simon Peter says, well, you know that I am. Yes, I am. And each time, Jesus says something like, feed my sheep. Tend my lambs. So, we eat the fish and we tend the sheep, right? That might sound a bit like an algorithm. But already, I think we've demonstrated something about that exchange between Jesus and Peter. There is an analogy drawn by Professor Joy J. Moore at Luther Seminary, and I just love this, being kind of a Marvel Comics geek person. She says that the Gospel of John is really a lot like the Marvel Universe story, that it folds on itself on purpose, that it shuttles you forward and backward in time, And it connects things that maybe you didn't see connected before. And it brings characters together that weren't connected before. And so it is with John's gospel. And even as we share that breakfast on the beach and we hear Jesus ask Peter, do you love me? Don't the associations just come rolling in about the ways that Jesus forms community? and the ways that Jesus demonstrates God's abundance. And maybe this is where your mind went when you heard Jesus ask three times, Peter, or rather Simon, son of John, do you love me? Maybe you thought about that meal in the upper room where Jesus says, Love one another as I've loved you. If you love me, you will love one another. Maybe that comes back as well. It's almost as if my brain got stuck in Lenten Holy Week there for a minute, isn't it? But I do remember also a conversation that we had in our Zoom gatherings midweek where we talked about things like 
how the hungry in Welland and Port Colborne are fed, and how we take care of each other, and how we nurture community, and how we show love in our neighborhood. And a couple of you, and I won't call you out by name, but uh, I can't help but to notice you today, said, we do what we do because God loved us first. This is who we are. So when Jesus asks, do you love me and tend the sheep, the association for me anyway, is you and the folk at First Lutheran and the things you do that demonstrate the love of God in the world. And as we gathered at the font today, it was easy to think about the ways that Jesus shows love and calls us into it. that we are free from the ultimate claims of sin and death, and that we are liberated for this new life. So that we can do things like care for the world that God made, to proclaim the living Christ in our actions. And so, something to walk around this week with, I hope in your thinking and in your prayers and your pondering, what if, what if the people we feed, the folks we take care of, the ways that we show nurture are actually ways in which the risen Christ appears in the world and appears in us and in our lives? We love because God loved us first. And we love as best we can because God so thoroughly loves us best. <laughs>